Ladies and gentlemen, we are live with an emergency episode of the Sean Sports Podcast. I wasn't planning on doing this. I am currently high on cannabis, weed, the devil's lettuce, whatever you uh, want to call it. And as a result, you will not be hearing this episode if you got kids because, well, that's your personal choice. But I will be limiting the availability, the, the readily available availability of this episode to be to be shown to kids because I'll be putting in you know an explicit tag for you know the contents of this episode being explicit since I am under the influence but I don't mean to brag it is 8 18 p.m pacific time here in beautiful Los Angeles California on January 29th 2021 and yeah I hope you guys are having a great day or morning or whatever time it is or wherever you are hope your life is blessed you know we live in very interesting times um, but this is a sports podcast, and uh, as always, I'm going to cover the biggest news in the sports and give my opinion on everything going on, and there is a reason why this episode is considered an emergency episode, and that is because in a blockbuster trade, the Colorado, the Colorado Rockies have officially traded superstar third baseman Nolan Arenado to the St. Louis Cardinals today and this is according to Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic who first reported talks between the two teams were escalating yesterday so um the deal is pending approval from both the MLB and the players union Rockies are sending Cardinals significant cash believed to be in a 50 million dollar range range and Arenado will be deferring money Names possibly going to the Rockies include left-handed pitcher Austin Gomber, first baseman Luke Baker, outfielder John Torres. The return might also include right-handed pitcher Jake Woodford or right-handed pitcher Angel Rondon. So a haul going back to the Rockies, but that's what you expect. Nolan Arenado would uh, honestly definitely be a multiple-time MVP award winner had he not been playing for the Rockies and not playing at Coors Field. Because when you play for the Rockies, anything you do offensively will always be uh, limited and shunned by voters you know these sports writers when they say yeah but they play at Coors Field you know the ball travels farther there it's easier for them to hit home runs and all that stuff in the uh, elevation but but yeah so um, ESPN's Jeff Passan reported in December 2019 that multiple teams were attempting to engage the Rockies in a trade talk for Arenado but the conversations went nowhere the Los Angeles Dodgers Aaron Nolan's hometown team and longtime division rival expressed interest especially with uh now the potentiality of justin turner leaving the dodgers seeming more likely but man what a huge pickup for the cardinals yes they have to give up an arm and a leg but when you when you have teams like the dodgers who are world series champions they recently extended Mookie bets for 13 years you have teams like the new york mets who just traded for francisco lindor um and are trying to make a splash by signing Trevor Bauer and having Noah Syndergaard and Jacob deGrom already. Uh, when you have teams like the Atlanta Braves with Ronald Acuna Jr., Christian Pache, Ian Anderson, Freddie Freeman, uh, maybe Marcelo Zuna, like what, what loaded teams those are. So when you're the Cardinals and you only really have like Paul Goldschmidt and Jack Flaherty, like, yeah, you have a very solid playoff team. It's a perennial playoff team. But uh, you need a Nolan Arenado trade, like in this case, to get o- to potentially be able to get over the top and win a World Series because adding Nolan Arenado to a playoff St. Louis Cardinals team with a very solid rotation and great offense, pretty good defense, that instantly makes them World Series contenders. I think, um, I think, um, 
I think that would that makes them World Series contender. So it's a huge trade. Some other free agency news: Jock Peterson and Kike Hernandez each leave the each leave the Dodgers, going to the Chicago Cubs and Boston Red Sox, respectively. Pedro Baez has left to the Houston Astros. Alex Wood signed with the Giants, but we are getting David Price back. We signed Corey Knebel, uh, signed um, that other pitcher we had last year that didn't start. I forgot his name. But yeah, a huge monumental trade. Nolan Arenado is a St. Louis Cardinal. He finally breaks free from the uh, Rockies. And we are transitioning to some more drama in the NFL. Houston Texans head coach David Culley, who was just hired, is not concerned about Deshaun Watson uh, and him asking to be traded. During his introductory press conference on Friday, which was today, Cully said he's certain Watson will be with the Texans in 2021, saying, quote, The reason I'm in this position today is because I knew he's going to be a Houston Texan. According to Adam Schefter, Watson officially asked the Texans for a trade weeks ago. Houston hired Cully as its head coach today. He spent the past two seasons as an assistant head coach, wide receivers coach, and passing game coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. The 65-year-old has been an assistant in the NFL for 26 years, so obviously he has experience in the NFL um but he this guy was a passing coordinator for the worst passing offense in the nfl with lamar jackson at quarterback and yes you know it's lamar but this guy was in charge of it so if he was um you know a good offensive minded coach they wouldn't be dead last despite having a bad arm like lamar jackson uh and according to Schefter, cully's hiring quote has not and will not alter watson's desire to be traded even though Watson has reportedly expressed his, his desire to move on, the Texans are not required to honor it. He signed to a contract. He signed it. Uh, that could lead to a standoff before between the two sides once uh, training camp starts. According to Schefter, Houston can find Watson $95,877 if he skips minicamp, $50,000 per day if he skips training camp, and one week's salary for each preseason game missed. Um, so yes, they can do that. I don't think they will personally. I think either the sides will come to an agreement uh, of some sort or they will trade him before they get to that point because if you force him to stay and he absolutely refuses to play for you and you're charging him uh, $50,000 a day that is definitely not the way you fix a relationship so that is absolutely not gonna incline him to come back at least I don't think so I think he would just bite the bullet until he would get traded but Watson is under contract uh, through the 2025 season after signing a huge extension last September. So they don't need to trade him. Uh, the Texans have the leverage here, but I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how far that would last. I'm not sure how far that would last. Transitioning to more football. A Nevada better has placed a $2.3 million bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus three and a half to cover the spread against the Super Bowl defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl 55. For those of you that don't know, betting on Tampa Bay at plus 3.5 means that Tampa Bay is winning 3.5 to zero when the game starts. So whatever the score is, you add uh, 3.5 to Tampa Bay's final score. And if that is greater than the Chiefs score, they cover the spread and win the bet because they could still lose by three points, hypothetically. They can lose by a field goal to the Chiefs and lose the Super Bowl, but they would still cover the spread because that three and a half is added to their final score. So that's how the bets work because the Buccaneers are a three and a half point underdog. Uh, Darren Roval of the Action Network reported Friday the wager uh, was placed at the MG. It was placed using the BetMGM mobile app and will make a $2 million profit uh if tom brady and co come through on february the 7th it by far exceeds the largest uh reported 
wager placed on last year's Super Bowl, which was a $750,000 bet on the Kansas City Chiefs. That bet obviously paid. Uh, so a huge bet on the Buccaneers. I'm going with the Chiefs. If I had to say, I would go with the Chiefs uh, to win the game. And at the spread, I think the Chiefs will win by more than three and a half points. I'm interested to see what NFL analysts would say. Uh, now switching gears to the NBA. The Western Conference is loaded with challengers to, to the Los Angeles Lakers. But Anthony Davis thinks an Eastern Conference contender is their biggest threat to repeat as NBA champions. In an interview with ESPN's Rachel Nichols, uh, the Brooklyn, excuse me, the Lakers star said that after the addition of James Harden, uh, it makes the Brooklyn Nets, quote, a threat to beat them because, they because quote, they're a team that can score at will. I mean, that's true. When you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden on at the same time, that's, a, and I, that's an absolute scoring machine. It, it's an offensive powerhouse, but they have no bench. Since losing consecutive games to the Cleveland Cavaliers with the inception of their big three, the Nets have won three straight games and are a season-high four games over 500 at 12-8. and eight. They have uh, scored at least 113 points in six out of the seven games since James Harden's debut on January 16th with a 5-2 and two record. So clearly, um, they are in stride. The Lakers have hit their first rough patch of the season with back-to-back -back losses to the Philadelphia 76ers, the number one team in the East, and a not-so-number-one team in the East in the Detroit Pistons the next day. Uh, they lost back-to-back. -back, they have back-to-back -back losses for the first time since August. They're, they're now the number three seed in the Western Conference at 14-6 and six behind the Utah Jazz, who are at 14-4, and four, and the Los Angeles Clippers, who are at 14-5. and five. Despite the bump in the road, the Lakers look like one of the best teams in the league. They lead the NBA in defensive rating and are tied for second in net rating. Uh, the team is great. They're the defending champions. Uh, I'm I'm a big Laker fan, so it's amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing, and yeah. And I'm transitioning to more football. More football. Um, let's see here. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is reportedly willing to take one for the team going into the 2021 season, according to the Athletic. Roethlisberger said he is willing to restructure his contract to help the Steelers save money and perhaps make some good offseason moves. Um, the Athletic reported that the Athletic reported that Big Ben's current contract has a forty-one million dollar cap hit for twenty twenty-one and features nineteen million in bonus and salary that could be altered. "Quote: I am pretty sure I want to go one more year. I think I can do it and give us a real chance at winning." Roethlisberger said. There is no questioning the six-time Pro Bowler's resume. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's been locked in as the Steelers quarterback since his rookie season in 2004. That's almost 20 years ago. The only time in the last 15 years that he failed to throw for more than 3,000 yards was in 2019. That's because he played in only two games because of injuries. Still, he will be 39 years old next season, and he dealt with plenty of inconsistency down the stretch of the 2020 season and obviously in their playoff loss to the Cleveland Browns. They finished with four losses in their last five games after starting off at 11-0, and they lost to the Browns in the in the first round of the playoffs. Roethlisberger threw for four interceptions in that loss to Cleveland after throwing a combined four picks and losses to the Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills, and Washington football team. So I think if I'm the Steelers, I give ben, Big Ben one more year. Um, it's cool that he's willing to take a pay cut. It's really cool, to be honest. Um, I know a lot of fans have turned on him, but... I, honestly, I would go. Honestly, I would go with. Um, what was I even saying? I'm baked as fuck. Um, I forgot what I was talking about. I forgot what I was saying. Quite literally.
Oh my god. Oh yeah, I I would go with Big Ben for one more year. I literally just blanked the fuck out, but let's uh switch gears to some baseball. After spending 7 seasons with the New York Yankees, Masahiro Tanaka announced Thursday that he's returning to Japan to pitch for the Tohoku Rakuten Golden Eagles. What a team name. Details of the agreement were not immediately released. His professional baseball career began in in the same uh, Japan with the Golden Eagles in 2007. He won the the Sawamura Award as the best pitcher in Nippon professional baseball in 2011 and 2013. After the MPB posted him for all 30 Major League uh, teams to bid on, Major League Baseball teams to bid on, Tanaka joined the Yankees in January 2014. The right-hander signed a seven-year contract worth $155 million, which was the largest deal ever given to a Japanese player. Despite some durability and injury issues in New York, he proved well worth the investment. He was named to the American League All-Star team twice in 2014 and 2019, and they posted a 3.74 ERA with 991 strikeouts compared to 983 hits, allowed in 1,054 innings. He had problems staying on the field at times, like I've been saying. The 32-year-old never reached 200 innings in a season and only made 30 starts three times out of seven years uh, with the Yankees. When he was throwing his best, though, few pitchers in the MLB were better. He was a, he has a 3.33 ERA in 10 career playoff appearances. But uh, you know, it's t- time is is an interesting thing, and something told him to go back to go back home, go back to Japan because I'm pretty sure he had pretty big money left on that Yankees contract. But um, yeah, he goes back home. That's pretty cool to see. Uh, Jake Fall, excuse me, Jake Paul faces an uphill battle. Uh, in defeating Ben Askren in their upcoming boxing match, many people think. I think it'll be a pretty easy win for Jake. Uh, But he's enlisting the help of someone with experience knocking Ben Askren out. UFC fighter Jorge Masvidal, who knocked out Askren in five seconds famously with that flying knee at UFC 239, has been training with the YouTuber to get him ready for the bout. Quote, he knocked out my opponent Ben Askren in five seconds and now will help me do it in less time. Jorge is teaching me his secrets. April 17th, uh, the fight will last less than four seconds. And then we're coming for Nate Diaz, who Jorge Masvidal also fought. Uh, so this is, uh, yeah, that's the latest. Masvidal's five-second knockout of Askren is the quickest in UFC history. Jake Paul will be looking to, uh, you know, even, even exceed that. Uh, and now I'm going to take a look at some trade packages that could create the next big uh, three in the NBA, this is some interesting stuff with obviously James Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets. The Lakers have a big two in LeBron and AD. Some other teams are one star away from having a big three in their own right. Uh, there's been talks of Bradley Beal to the Lakers. So with that said, let me take a look at some possibilities. Uh, by trading for James Harden, the Brooklyn Nets are the latest team to build its championship hopes around a big three. So naturally, you know, I'd like to ask who's next. The first one that I think would be Bradley Beal to the Philadelphia 76ers, and this is a three-team trade. I don't think you guys are ready for this. Um, it's the Charlotte Hornets get Vincent Poirier, their, the most favorable 2023 second-round pick, more favorable uh, of than their own, and the Philadelphia 76ers get Bradley Beal, while the Washington Wizards get an absolute haul in Danny Green, Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, Matisse Thybul, Philadelphia's 2021 first, New York's 2021 second, Philadelphia's 2023 first round first, 2024 first round swap, a second round pick, another first round swap, and maybe another swap of some kind. Uh, this would be amazing, but actually, actual, like actually doing this 
uh, would be very hard. Uh, they have to offer guys like Tyrese Maxey and Shake Milton. But if you can literally add Bradley Beal to a Philly team that has Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Dwight Howard, uh, and not, you know, and like if you add Bradley Beal to the Philly without losing Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, then, then you do it. And I think this would put Philly in a true win-now mode. But perhaps they don't want to mortgage the future. Perhaps they want to keep guys like Shake Milton and Tyrese Maxey and uh, still compete for a title without getting someone like Bradley Beal. The next one also involves Bradley Beal, and he would go to the Toronto Raptors uh, along with Moritz Wagner for OG Ananubi, Fred Van Vliet, a 2021 first-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick, and a 2024 uh, pick swap. This is a very different kind of return for the Wizards. They'd be acquiring more established players in the league in Ananubi and Van Vliet, both of which will... uh, command a lot of money at the start of 2021-22. That's typically a no-no for any team that's about to initiate a rebuild, but Ananubi is only 23 and Van Vliet doesn't turn 27 until late February, so their timelines don't necessarily uh, diverge much from the Washington Wizards. And obviously for the Raptors, adding Bradley Beal to Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam would instantly make them a championship contender once again. Next up, here's a big blockbuster. It would be uh, Zach Levine to the Golden State Warriors in exchange for Kelly Oubre Jr., Eric Paschal, Minnesota's 2021 first-round pick, which is top three protected, Minnesota's 2021 second-round pick, a 2022 first-round swap, and a 2023 first-round swap. Um, But getting Zach Levine uh, to fill the void caused by uh, Clay Thompson sitting out, being injured, and losing Kevin Durant a season ago in free agency, Having Zach Levine would really uh, fill that void, most definitely. I mean, he's he's been lights out for the Chicago Bulls, and uh, this is uh, this would be full rebuild mode for the Bulls. It works out just fine. We talked about Kyle Lowry previously, and this one, uh, it's a poten- I don't really like it, but it's potential. It would be him going, Kyle Lowry going to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for Josh Green, James Johnson, Dwight Powell, Tyrell Terry, a 2025 first round pick. Um, yeah, I mean, you would you would add Kyle Lowry to a team that already has Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, um, but Luka is a bit of a point guard, so I don't know if I like this one all too much. And the last one would be Victor Oladipo once again being on the move, this time landing with the New Orleans Pelicans alongside his Rocket teammate P.J. Tucker, while Lonzo Ball would go to the Chicago Bulls, and the Houston Rockets would get Laurie Markkinen, J.J. Redick, a 20 the 2021 lakers pick and another pelicans first round pick i think all teams win in this case those are some of my big three uh possibility trades so uh yeah those are, those are some of my trades now um we are transitioning to more football Jason Witten is retiring again. According to ESPN, Witten, quote, intends to sign a one-day contract and retire as a member of the Dallas Cowboys in March when his contract expires with the Las Vegas Raiders. Witten said, quote, a coach once told me the legacy of heroes is the memory of a great name and the inheritance of a great example. As I hang it up, I walk away knowing that for 17 seasons, I gave it my absolute all. I am proud of my accomplishments as a football player on the field and the example I tried to set off of it. Football is a great game that has taught me many, many valuable lessons, and I look forward to passing on that knowledge to the next generation. So perhaps he can transition into maybe a tight ends coach kind of gig with the Vegas Raiders. Witten initially retired for one season in 2018, serving as color commentator for ESPN's Monday Night Football broadcast. He returned to the Cowboys in 2019 before spending the last season with the Raiders, but now at 38 years old, having accumulated over 1,200 receptions in 16 years with the Cowboys, uh, 
for almost thir- almost 13,000 yards with 74 touchdowns, adding 13 catches for 69 yards and two scores for the Raiders this season. It's a legendary career, and he's one of the top tight ends of all time. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And uh, with that, I'm going to switch gears to more football. There are lots of lots of uh, trade rumors involving quarterbacks, specifically Jared Goff. His time might be numbered uh, with the Rams. But the, the Detroit Lions are not going to have a hard time finding suitors for veteran quarterback Matthew Stafford. According to NFL Network, quote, the Lions, of course, immediately began fielding calls from teams interested. From what I understand, about a third of the league, almost a third of the league has called the Lions significant interest in Matthew Stafford. Should be able to get at least a first rounder there from wherever he goes. Um, Stafford and the Lions, quote, mutually agreed on Saturday to part ways this offseason per ESPN. Uh, with the Lions, quote, listening to trade offers and starting this week. Per that report, the Lions are, quote, expected to receive at least a first-round pick. The Los Angeles Rams are rumored to be interested, so who knows uh, Who knows where that might lead. Uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is all I have for this episode of Sean Sports Up. This was number 333. What a number. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. Follow me on Spotify. Follow me on Instagram at theboy62. That's T-H-A-B-O-Y-Y-6-2. And as always, guys, have a great night. I'll see you guys at number 334. And yeah, have a blessed night. I'm out.